0: met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Right, now that is a pretty amazing story, right there. Uh, it's a beautiful story of uh, the grace and the love of Jesus, uh, just being shared really freely, so unconditional. No, no kind of you must earn this kind of uh, healing and love. There's nothing you need to do here. It's really free-flowing love that Jesus gives in that story we just heard. So. Um, Uh, to put it in context if you were living back then how would you go about having no friends like if you were to make sure that you could never have any friends or to really restrict your friendship group here's what you would do you would make sure you're a Samaritan to start with you know you were you were part of the outside group from the the Jewish community and then you would go and make yourself get uh, leprosy uh, because if you did that, then no one would want to be anywhere near you. Uh, it was a huge, huge social outcasting that you would receive. Uh, in fact, you would have some friends They would be the other lepers. Uh, they would be the other people with leprosy. So when we hear this story about Jesus interacting with 10 lepers, they were each other's community. They were kind of this sub-community, 10 people, because no one else would interact with them. They would have no job. They would have nothing to do. They were completely dependent on uh, the kindness that people might leave food for them, but they would leave it, walk away, and then they would come in. There was a huge fear around leprosy. There's no, no known cure. Uh, it's known that it's, these skin diseases are contagious, so stay away. Uh, may, maybe this is kind of raising some feelings about lockdowns and COVID-19 and all of that stuff. But uh, that, that was a real everyday life for them. There was, there was no waiting for a vaccine to come along or anything like that. They just had to live uh, with the, the only friends that they had, were the other people with leprosy. And so they come along and Jesus extends God's love to them. He brings healing to them. And that is the kindness of God. It's a beautiful, wonderful story where we see there uh, the kindness of Jesus. Uh, At the moment, we are working our way through the five thresholds of faith. So we're talking about I Once Was Lost. This is a book. Uh, We'd encourage you, if you haven't uh, purchased this book, uh, go and and buy this book. And um, uh, it's a very short one, easy read, but very, very enlightening And uh, we're wanting everyone to be thinking around these five thresholds of faith. What does it look like for a secular, Western, you know, non Christian environment? What does it actually look like for people to become a Christian in that? What are the steps that they go through when they are having nothing to do with the Christian faith, nothing to do with the church? Uh, Western society uh, often is, is, can be quite anti-Christianity, what does it look like when people actually choose to become a Christian? Uh, and what they've noticed is that people move through these common five thresholds, uh, through a lot of research, a lot of conversations with people who have become Christians Uh, They've talked through what are those stages of their journey, and they've identified time and time again, uh, these are the five things that commonly occur for them. So we've looked at trusting a Christian, how important it is to just at least have one other Christian in their life, but uh, the more the merrier, I guess. Um, The importance of trust, uh, but then also the importance of asking questions, Uh, when faith is kind of built by asking questions and really being curious. So you might trust another Christian, but if you never become curious about the Christian faith, you don't progress any further. But once you start asking questions, you also need to be open to change. If you really love how your life is and you don't care for doing anything different, you can be curious about the Christian faith, but uh, you're certainly not going to go any further. You might have conversations, but if you're not open to change in your life, um, nothing happens. But then there is another step after that, and that's what we're looking at today, which is seeking after God. And we we kind of see the difference here in the 10 men with leprosy. So perhaps... They, they had a sense of trust around Jesus, all 10 of them, because they call out, they cry out, have mercy. So there's, there's a sense they know that Jesus has something to give them, some bedrock of trust there that there is something that Jesus might be able to provide to them. So a sense of trust there. They're, they're curious enough to find out if this guy can do anything for them. They're open to change, as you would be if you had leprosy. (laughs) I want my life to change. I don't want leprosy anymore, thank you very much. They're very open to change. But when that change comes, when that healing comes, when they see something about the goodness of God's kingdom, of heaven coming into their lives, of restoration coming to them, one of them, one of them, makes a step back to do anything about it to make any sort of acknowledgement in their heart about what has happened for them and the other nine they're they're very perhaps they're really thankful they're they're certainly open to this new change in their life but are they seeking after god are they actually seeking after jesus in their hearts and clearly they are not and jesus jesus kind of calls this out doesn't he he says, where are the other nine? Weren't 10 healed? But he commends that one who does come back, that one leper who comes back healed and, and even says, your faith has made you well. It's a beautiful phrase, your faith has made you well. And maybe you can think now about how Jesus has had an impact on your life. Where have you received healing? Can you re- recall a time in your life where there's been some restoration. There's been some wholeness in your mind, in your body, in your relationships where Jesus has brought healing and the faith that you've had in Jesus. Maybe you've been praying for this. You've been seeking after God in this and he's brought that. It's a wonderful thing that uh, Jesus has been doing that. There's many records in the scriptures of Jesus bringing that healing and then it's happened throughout Christian history too, hasn't it? Over and over again, people have found that restoration and that reconciliation. And I trust that that has happened in your life too. How this kind of plays out now, uh, you might be able to think of other stories around you and your own story. Uh, I want to tell you two stories of two young men. Uh, very similar in many respects, that highlight the difference of moving forward in this or not. Uh, One of those uh, young men uh, was Dave. Uh, Dave uh, came to do an Alpha course that I was running. Alpha is uh, a short course to ask questions about the Christian faith for people to discover more um, and to make some steps uh, in a very open conversation. No judgment, no obligation, etc. Um, uh, so Dave came along to Alpha, and uh, so he had some trust. Uh, I think he had some Christians in his life, and there was enough trust that he would come to a church and and do this Alpha course. He was curious. He was really curious. He was asking a lot of questions. He was engaged in the conversation over and over again, and he was even open to change. Uh, so dave uh, had uh, struggled with uh, alcohol in his life um, and uh, that had caused a lot of uh, uh, pain in his life and damaged a lot of his relationships and even his body uh, was damaged and he was open he was kind of open to change he was coming to alpha and he was looking for uh, for a difference in his life and it was really a wonderful conversation that he was engaging with uh, each week that he came along, and yet, (laughs) despite him being really open and really curious and actually wanting some change in his life, whenever the conversation came towards some sort of conclusion about Jesus, some sort of uh, destination about uh, faith, or actually kind of landing somewhere, he would redirect the conversation somewhere else. He, he was open to change, but he was not wanting to land anywhere near God. He didn't want to finish. He didn't want to go on a journey towards Jesus. He loved the conversation. He loved the questions. He was very open to change, but he didn't want to land. Contrast Dave with another young man that I met with regularly, Andrew. Andrew. Andrew had also struggled with alcohol in his life. In fact, he had not only hit rock bottom, he'd kind of, if you can go below rock bottom, Andrew had gone below rock bottom. Uh, and so I was, I was contacted to see if I could uh, spend some time with Andrew. Uh, it's funny. There was a day when pastors were the first port a call. Like, there's an emergency. Quick, call the pastor. And the pastor would come in. Nowadays, we're kind of the last resort. We've tried everything else. Call the pastor. <laughs> um, but uh, we see we see it in the scriptures that that Jesus actually directs those lepers towards the priests. You know that there are standard ways that um, uh, that people are restored in society and, and things happen. Uh, but these days uh, things might be a little bit different. Uh, But anyway, I I met with Andrew and uh, he was certainly not okay when I met him. Uh, But uh, there was enough trust that he'd developed uh, in me. Uh, He did have a Catholic background, so he'd spent some time in the church. Uh, he was curious, he, you know, we had very open conversations, he was very happy to ask questions about you know, what kind of difference would faith actually make uh, in his life. He was very open to change, he needed change in his life and he recognized that. But the difference from there was that he took active steps. He did something about it and he was hungry. He was hungry for something different in his life. He, was, he didn't have a thirst for alcohol. He had a thirst for God. And he, he even said in his own words that he was trying to fill this empty, vacuous space inside himself with alcohol. He needed something bigger, better, more wonderful to fill that vacuum in his life. And uh, over, over time, as we met regularly, Uh, We had lots of conversations. He was really into Jordan Peterson, and so there was lots of conversations about that. If you're not into Jordan Peterson, that's fine too. But it was part of his faith journey. It was part of his asking questions. Uh, And eventually, he he actually plugged himself back into his, his Catholic church uh, he found a, a local one that he was uh, really comfortable within, and uh, he connected with the Catholic priest who was there. And I thought, wonderful, bless you, go and go and connect in with there. I haven't I haven't connected it within for uh, quite a while because he kind of made those steps and um, and settled on. But there's, there's a big difference there, and I think some of that difference is that hunger and that thirst inside, where people actually have this internal drive. They might be open to change, but unless you've got that drive to go and do something about it, uh, nothing happens. So that's the difference that a few steps make. The difference that that one person who was healed from leprosy, those few steps that he made back to Jesus, how much of a difference that that made uh, in his life and how he was recognized by Jesus. Uh, One for me, more personally, how has this played out in my life? Uh, Because this is not just a a one-time process that you go through. You might find, as a Christian, You keep going through some of this over and over again. We need to continue to have trusted Christian relationships, people in the church that we do continue to trust. Trust can be broken so quickly. We need to continue having a bedrock of trust. We need to have people that we look up to. We need to keep asking questions. We need to stay curious if we want to grow in our faith. We need to constantly be open to change because Jesus keeps asking us to take steps of faith. We don't kind of settle, there are always new things for us to do and we need to keep staying hungry to have that thirst for righteousness, to keep seeking out God uh, and having that internal drive. Uh, For me personally, what did that look like? Uh, A couple of years ago, my brother-in-law, my brother-in-law is a Lutheran pastor and I was having a conversation with him and he said something that really stuck out to me and he said... Something along the lines of uh, is your gravitational orbit around God or are you trying to have God orbit around you? And it stuck with me. We're just, you know, we're just kind of having a conversation, but it really stuck with me. Am I orbiting around God or am I trying to make God Orbit around me. So if you think of the Earth, right, very large object, the Earth that we stand on, uh, it has a gravitational pull. It keeps you on the planet for starters, uh, but it also pulls on the moon. The moon is a smaller object, and so the reason the moon travels around the Earth is because the Earth has a gravitational pull. The Earth is larger, the moon is smaller. I think uh, the moon still has a bit of a gravitational pull on the earth, and that's why we get tides. It pulls on the water. The water moves around the earth a little bit, and that's what happens. In faith, sometimes we can think we're the earth, large object, or at least we can operate like we are the large gravitational pull, and God is the moon that just kind of orbits nicely around us. Here, God, I've got a bit of a problem. Can you bring a little bit of healing? Whoop around he comes and then goes and you know the moon disappears go back in the pocket until next time i need god right we can function a little bit like that that god is orbiting around us but what if we recognize just how large god is the creator of the universe that abundant love the source of all love, God is love, that overflowing love, the one who has shaped history, who has sent Jesus into the world to conquer death, the hugeness of God, the one who can raise the dead to life. that's the big God. Maybe we orbit around him. <laughs> Maybe our prayers are like, you know, the moon tugging on the tides a little bit. I don't know. But if we had that mindset and we operate and we lived, and perhaps, you know, this seeking after God is is less about our kind of energy and what we are going to do, but recognizing the pull of God on us, being open to what God is doing in and through us. So that's the gravitational orbit. Now, finally, uh, what you know? How can we how can we partner with other people? You know, if other people are on a journey here, what is something that we can do to assist and help them? Uh, and I'd like to point out the power of an invitation. That's all I did with uh, Andrew. That's all I did with Dave. I just uh, you know we're talking about faith. But i kept just trying to invite them to participate uh, find out about church be a part of what it, what is it like to actually live in god's kingdom uh, to live according to how he's planned out life uh, to find out a bit more about him and to pray it's one of the biggest invitations that you can make for people and uh it's really i love i love on alpha Sometimes we give people an opportunity to actually pray and to pray out loud. And this is often the first time ever that people have prayed out loud in front of other people in a group. And uh, it's, you know, it can be really. It can be like the scariest thing. Like, some people can be upfront speakers and they can be, you know, high flying corporate people, and then you ask them to pray out loud in front of other people. They're like, no way, you're never doing that. But it's this step that people take, and it makes a profound difference on their life. They they step into uh, God's grace and uh, interact with Him directly, their heart starts seeking God directly. But inviting people uh, into that space is something, an easy thing that we can do. So some questions to consider. Uh, on that note, what is what is your very earliest memory of calling out to God in prayer? Can you recall that first time you had a hunger in your heart to pray to God, to actually call out to Him. Uh, That might be that that first kind of seeking uh, that you experienced in yourself. Uh, Also, when have you been urgent for the love of God? Where has there been that kind of thirst and that drive and that hunger? And uh, perhaps when have you felt your orbit shift? Some questions to think about. I'm actually gonna throw it over to you. Let's make it active. Let's talk about it. Let's um, have a little moment to, to think and then have a chat with some people around you. I'll leave those questions up. Uh, if you're online, you can uh, type in the chat if you'd like to share something along those lines. If you do have a memory about calling out to God, uh, if you've had a sense of being urgent for the love of God, when was that, what was that story? And have you felt your orbit shift? Have you ever felt that kind of I had God kind of rotating around me, but now I recognise just how big God is and I'm gonna shift here. So break into the little groups, have a little bit of chat about those or anything else that's tuck out to you, make it active, own it, and uh, let's go.